0: Welcome to the 5th episode of MMI Podcast, TBH, Taboos Broken Through Honesty. My name is Hanusha.
1: And my name is Ker We will be your host for today.
0: In this session, we will be discussing medical marijuana, its uses, as well as controversies surrounding the topic. In order to answer the burning questions we have with regards to this issue, we have invited Mr. Harish Kumar from Malaysia Awareness Society, MASA, to be our speaker for today. Mr Harish Kumar is a graduate from the National Defence University of Malaysia. He's also the co-founder and secretary of Masa and has written a book on human evolution and cannabis. This book provides a complete explanation on how cannabis can help with mental health. Thank you for joining us
1: today Mr Harish.
2: Yes, uh thank you Jasan and Hansha. All
1: right. Mr Harish represents Masa, who created an online petition before which has been signed by almost 73,000 people to support for clinical researchers using medical marijuana. Previously, a death sentence given to a young man, Muhammad Lohman Muhammad, selling cannabis oil to the ill has stirred a debate in Muslim majority Malaysia about its ultra-tough drug laws. He was sentenced to death by the Shah Alam High Court on the 13th of August 2018. The case has prompted cause. For our country to become the first in Asia to legalize medical marijuana, but long-held stigma and a mostly conservative population means change could come slowly. On the 18th of September 2018, our former Prime Minister Dr. Tun Mahathir requested a review on the charges against the medical marijuana practitioner.
0: However, on seventeen November two thousand nineteen, the court sentenced him to death for trafficking. He was also sentenced to seven years in jail from the day he was arrested, and ten strokes of rotan for possessing marijuana. Thus, a petition was launched by Masa to re-examine cannabis and its usage for local research, education, and medication purposes.
1: Alright, shall we begin, Mister Harish? Ah uh, yeah. First and foremost, can we know more about what is medical marijuana?
2: okay uh, first of all thank you for having me today um, you know I'm glad to explain about medical marijuana so what is medical marijuana so medical marijuana is a plant uh, most commonly used as a herb in uh, all over the world and is very well known in Asian countries there's a history about it written in books uh, dated like 5,000 years ago like uh, the medical book written by Emperor Shen Nung from China Uh, which states that cannabis is good to help with uh, psychological problems and also health problems as it balances the uh, functions of the body and he explains it as uh, yin and yang. Okay, And uh, so uh, the plant itself uh, actually has three species. So there's three species. The main species are sativa, indica and ruderalis. So these three species is uh, you know there's, they're called land race so all over the world the plants the cannabis plants which is growing for hundreds and thousands of years uh, without any disturbance like in Colombia in India and in many other parts of the country like in Laos uh, all over the world um, these plants that survived the, the law changes and uh, you know was not cut down uh, they are called land race so land race uh, purely sativa, or purely indica or purely uh, ruderalis, right? So, but in today's world, uh, all of the medical cannabis plants that we're using is a crossbreed between sativa and indica or uh, you know, ruderalis. So, there's over 80,000 different strains of cannabis right now, and each strain has different levels of uh, compounds, chemical, different types of chemical compounds, uh, terpenes. And many other uh, other chemical compounds that is important to uh, maintain the health of the human body. So basically, that is medical marijuana. It's a plant uh, that is a herb used for thousands of years, but was made illegal only in 1937 uh, by Henry and Slinger. The DDA or the the, sorry, um, they were the agency, uh, the anti the anti drug agency in the in the United States which made cannabis illegal so that is when all the other countries follow.
0: I see. So Mr. Harish you mentioned there's actually a few varieties of marijuana right? Could you tell us a bit more about what sets them apart?
2: Okay so when I say different varieties of uh, marijuana what I'm talking about here is strains. So strains is, is uh, you know there's a lot of different strains that were created along the along uh, you know many years of crossbreeding so each variety when you say there's a different variety um, each variety is, is different strain it has different uses like there's one uh, researcher from israel which is uh, professor dedi miri who researched uh, over 500 different strains of cannabis plants and he found that one particular strain was able to kill Colon cancer cells, and also another strain that can kill prostate cancer cells. So, uh, you know, each strain uh, that is created contains different chemicals like uh, Canopy g which is CBG. Uh, you know, CBN, CBC, uh, CBD is the most commonly known compound, which is cannabidiol. and of course, it contains uh, delta-9 delta or THC. And many other different compounds, terpenes like linolol. Linolol is a, is a terpene found in flower in uh, lavender, the flower lavender. and it's also found in uh, cannabis plants. And uh, you know cannabis plants have a variety of different terpenes. So when, when we talk about the variety of marijuana plants, what we are really uh, speaking about is the different strains, uh, the different chemical compounds it contain, and uh, you know the different functions it has.
1: Mr. Harish. I noticed that there are a lot of varieties of ma- uh, marijuana and also their functions, which is good to human also. However, I could see many of people using marijuana as recreational purposes. So you tell us more about the differences between the medical marijuana and recreational marijuana.
2: Okay, uh, basically the plant that is used by med- uh, medical patients and so recreational patients is the same. So there's no difference between the plants that they're using, the marijuana that they're using is the same, but the purpose of why they're using it is different. So when you go to a patient, a patient that has epilepsy or cancer for example, you have to give them a prescription of the cannabis medicine that, that can be consumed in many forms. Uh, cannabis is not only smoked, it can be eaten, it can be drink, uh, drank as a, as a juice. And, you know, there's many ways of preparing it so that you can take it in a healthy way. Uh, So when it comes to patients, usually what they do is they will provide extracts. So the pure extracts of the plant, the whole plant, which contains all the chemical compounds that is necessary. And doctors would prescribe patients to take it daily in a certain dose, like, uh, you know, uh, two drops in the morning and two drops at night. They will will know uh, which is the best and most suitable method of, uh, I mean, uh, dosage of, the patients need so that that is what medical marijuana is it is something that uh, can treat a patient for his disease so it has to be uh, prescribed in the right way and it has to be taken in the right way to be effective but when it comes to recreational marijuana recreational users usually are chasing after the high feeling so the high feeling is a feeling that uh, gives you uh, you know a happy feeling inside something like a euphoric feeling but um, honestly, uh, you know, from research done all over the world, uh, it is it is proves that cannabis does not cause you uh, intoxication that uh, you know makes you lose control of uh, your functions or you know makes you unable to co- commit to your daily life. So what happens is when you get high, is the frequency of mind, uh, you know, which we go through every day when we drink coffee. We are more, uh, you know, focused because we are uh, uh, changing our frequency of mind to beta state of mind. So we are more conscious. Okay, but when it comes to cannabis, when you consume THC, it changes the frequency of mind from beta to alpha. So when you go into alpha or the semi meditative state of mind, you are semi relaxed. So that is what recreational users are chasing, and um, you know that feeling itself or that reaction itself is something natural, and I think uh you know uh the misinterpretation of recreational users i mean the stigma behind it thinking that those people who use cannabis recreationally are drug users so uh, honestly from from massa's point of view and from my personal point of view often you you, you know meeting with uh, you know hundreds if not thousands of cannabis users all over the world uh we feel that there should not be a term of recreational users in fact uh you know cannabis should and will one day be uh, part of human society uh, a daily daily use you know um, you know cannabis is being used in in US Canada and everywhere as a daily item right now so it's an essential item so um, you know I feel that recreational uh, the word recreational shouldn't be there in fact marijuana should be respected as a plant uh, for everyone
0: Okay. Um. How about the side effects, Mr. Harish? Is there any short-term or long-term side effects associated with the use?
2: Okay. Um. When there's definitely uh, some side effects when you take cannabis uh, for the first time. Uh. If anyone ever take, takes cannabis for the first time, the reaction that they have is that uh, you know they feel that the time has slowed down. You know, like time has has frozen or you know that is that's basically the same reaction that we get from many users who who've used it the first time, and that is just uh, the chem- the chemical kC and the other cannabinoids getting used to the body right the body getting used to the chem- chemicals sorry so um, but naturally uh, all of these chemicals that's found in in the cannabis plant the cannabidiol uh, the cannabidiol, uh, THC and the other compound cbg cbn and everything else reacts with the human body naturally through the endocannabinoid system so the endocannabinoid system is a nervous is a is a nervous system that is controlling uh, the functions of the organs and everything in the body uh, and is very you know the is very highly found in the brain uh, the receptors the receptors are from the endocannabinoid system uh, endo, endocannabinoid system is found heavily in the brain so uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, cannabis actually causes the high feeling because it, it influences the functions of the brain and other organs. Uh, but you know, from, from research done for many years, in, in fact there's uh, evidence of people using it for, you know, over 50 years in the United States, uh, in Israel, and of course we have history of using cannabis for thousands of years. And everyone who used it for long term doesn't seem to have any long term negative effects. Okay, there's no detrimental effects to the body or to the brain, but the short term effect would be shorter memory loss. Um, you know, sometimes you feel uh, a bit tired because you know, as I said earlier, there's many different strains. There's cannabis sativa, uh, you know, more potent of cannabis sativa or more potent cannabis uh, indica. So indica will cause you to be very sleepy and you'll feel like dozing off. So and sativa will make you feel active and is good for taking in the morning. So, you know, knowing the difference between all the plants, the strains, the levels of the AC and everything, the knowledge that you have, I think uh, we can avoid most of the side effects, uh, you know, the short term side effects that, that happens. And in the long term side, I don't think there's any concern because there's no evidence um, that is harmful. And so you have to take note that uh, there's zero, zero death cases caused by the intoxication of cannabis. That's zero, you know, compared to even even panadol or or any other type of substance have killed at least over a few thousand people. So cannabis for thousands of years have not caused any death. So this is something that we, we should take note of.
1: Alright, thank you Mr. Harish for explaining about the short term and long term side effect. So let's move forward to the current legal standing of medical marijuana in Malaysia and around the world. So on the 17th of October 2015, Australian Health Minister Susan Leigh presented a new law that will allow the cultivation of cannabis for scientific research and medical trials on patients. While on the 17th of October 2018, Canada legalised the cannabis for vocational adult use, making the second country in the world to do so, and also the first G7 nation. However, I noticed that medical marijuana is still illegal in Malaysia. If we compare to the to those developed countries, so do we have any updated news currently?
2: Okay, so when it comes to um, cannabis in in Malaysia, okay. Uh, it has always been a, a, a question of stigma because cannabis is something uh, by in in religious sense like we are we are islamic country so you know getting intoxicated and living life intoxicated is not uh, 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 what you call it's not right in religious context and It's not acceptable by the community, right? So the government has a big argument there because what they understand is that cannabis or marijuana is a drug and it's dangerous. But if you go to countries like Australia or India and you ask the population there, you ask the citizens there, uh, what is cannabis, they will tell you that it is a soft drug. So they know the difference between hard drugs and soft drugs. So hard drugs basically is... um, uh, you know, some things like cocaine or, or things that uh, destroys your 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 health. So, um, you know, this 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 understanding of what the cannabis plant is is what is causing Malaysia to have uh, setback in 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 advancements of our research. But if you're asking about um, you know what what we have uh, any updates of what we have done so far. Uh, basically, uh, you know, cannabis was made illegal uh, in Malaysia uh, You know, the war on drugs started in 1985 In 1985 when Tun Mahade and Singapore, Singapore and Malaysia decided to to have a war on drugs That is when cannabis and all the other drugs, uh, drug users, are uh, put in jail uh, Sentenced to death and everything happened basically after 1985 But uh, today, after, after many years of, uh, you know, the war on drugs um, the uh, the government has agreed to study hemp last year. The new the newly elected government, Pakatan Harapan, and Tun Mahade under the ruling of Tun Mahade. Uh, in fact, Masa our organisation has proposed to Tun Mahade and the health minister that we would like to do a research on how cannabis uh, can can treat uh, what they call. Uh, Uh, mental health issues like depression. so we have a uh, uh, feedback from the Prime Minister's office, which suggested us uh, to meet the health minister and start the research. but the health minister at that time was still afraid that cannabis is not is not understood well enough and that the public might have a negative reaction towards it. So slowly after many, many uh, you know many discussions later, they agreed to allow hemp so hemp basically is a species is a cannabis strain that produces fiber and contains very low levels of tac which is less than three percent or five percent of tac uh, which means that it does cannot ever get you intoxicated and the only reason why the cannabis plant uh, you know hemp is being planted in malaysia is because uh, it can be used to create fiber products and the seeds can be used to create uh, supplement products or or also cannabidiol cannabidiol products CBD products so CBD is another category of products There's a lot of products made by CBD uh, which is good for epilepsy and everything else so this is what's happening in Malaysia you know they they are supposed to grow the plants uh, in April this year in Kedah but because of the sudden change of the government and also uh you know the M s the COVID nineteen situation we are not sure uh when it's going to change and yeah so this is this is basically what is the situation in Malaysia right now and we are just hoping that uh, you know the government will open up for more research.
0: Alright thank you for explaining about the current situation in Malaysia Mr Harish. Um moving on we'll be discussing about the reason for controversy but just a bit of a background info before that. In 2018, Tun Dr Mahathir's reform-minded government announced that it was going to abolish the death penalty completely. However, suspects convicted for drug trafficking like Lukman could still face jail for decades or even life. Do you think Malaysia is currently working on the legalization of marijuana? And um, what are the reasons for controversies aside from the religious aspect that you mentioned earlier?
2: okay Uh, well the reason for controversy is lack of knowledge we made cannabis illegal by following what other countries have said about cannabis it means most of the research and most of the papers that you read uh, from 1970s and prior to 1970s and 1990s is all papers produced by the united states or uh, you know countries that is in in affiliate with the researchers there so um, you know most of the, the the data or the knowledge that we have about cannabis was forged. Uh, honestly, I mean, you can see the difference between the research done in after uh, the 1990s, after the discovery of THC by in Israel, uh, and how it affects the brain. You know, there's a lot of positive effects, uh, positive uses of cannabis that came up after the 1990s. So, you know, this this shows that as a country, Malaysia should take a proactive step to study. And, and create their own laws and understanding about what's happening especially about plants like cannabis so the you know um, the reason the reason for the controversy itself is just because of lack of knowledge so if people understand what is happening like what is the high feeling for example you know people are afraid of getting high uh, they don't want to get intoxicated so if they understand what is really happening when THC is consumed uh, you know they might not have that fear and there won't be that controversy over that but in the sense of you know, whether the government is um, moving towards legalisation of cannabis or if they're supporting it, I mean there was an article that recently came out uh, you know, but we have to understand now it's a new government in power so the people who giving the uh, answers is not really what, what was uh, like last year so last year it was quite different So this year we had a paper published uh, by Free Nation Today in, on 22nd of May which stated that uh, Lukman, Lukman's case is still being uh, you know, is still being on trial, but uh, his lawyer suggested that the cannabis plant uh, products that he gave to his patients were able to help the patients, like cancer patients, to get well. And the government said, you know, there's, there's zero evidence that shows uh, how cannabis can cure, uh, I mean, can treat and basically just uh, cure the cancer, pro- uh, cancer in patients. So, this statement itself is, is, is controversial, if you ask me, because, you know, there's, there's hundreds, if not, you know, from countries like Spain, uh, Israel, the United States, even Australia, uh, India, and many other countries who know that cannabis can, in fact, kill cancer cells. As I said earlier, you know, the uh, professor, Daddy Meary, who spoke on TEDx, uh, clearly, he's, he shows uh, that his research institute has uh, successfully determined which strain. Is able to kill prostate cancer and also another strain that kills colon cancer. So from eighty thousand different strains, there's so many strains that uh, you know could treat different types of cancer immediately. And you know, if not, it could it could help with palliative treatment and also you know controlling pain and everything. You know, giving appetite. So um, you know, the government definitely uh, needs to open his eyes, especially the new government they need to open their eyes to the fact that the whole world is changing. India, Thailand, and products, cannabis products are now flooding the market, you know, online market and offline market. So, uh, you know, instead of keeping it in the illegal gray area, the government should definitely create a system to, to uh, you know, to regulate the whole process and also to tax it, as the government can definitely make a lot of money uh, and can help the people in the country to become, you know, to, to raise up the economy. And, uh, you know, as an agriculture country, it will be foolish if we do not take this opportunity. So, uh, as I said earlier, you know, the government is looking to hemp, hemp for fibre and CBD. And I think that's a great step as long as they move forward with a plan. And maybe by this year, we can have more research using TAC and address what is the high feeling really is, so people do not need to be afraid.
1: All right. So, what is being done about it? Issue for medical marijuana moving forward in terms of how about how can we uh, Do we have any suggestion on how to advocate for the use or don't use of the medical marijuana?
2: okay when you talk about uh, use and don't use so people are worried about the younger generation uh, the regulations where you sell it and stuff like that if you see in philippines or the united states and everyone else uh, that are looking into legalization of cannabis they prepare the bills to accurately mention exactly where they can sell cannabis for example one of the rules is you cannot have a dispensary anywhere 10 kilometers away i mean all dispensaries has to be 10 kilometers away from a, a school so you know there's so many uh, regulations that can be put in place to ensure that children and teenagers are, uh, you know are kept away from cannabis and you know the same way as alcohol and tobacco is being regulated today uh, I feel like cannabis can be even more safely guided because uh, you know dispensaries that that are allowed to sell would be at a many, uh, very minimal uh, number. So you know it's not going to be sold in in markets. You know high TAC products, or, or products that gets you intoxic You know gets you high. Uh, will not be sold in Seven Elevens or things like that, right? So uh, you know advocating for its use is advocating. You you have to um, educate the public about the difference between the levels of THC the different type of products we have sometimes we have products from cannabis that is safe for consumption and doesn't cause any types of uh, intoxication or high feeling uh, and this is being sold as uh, soda drinks as food in 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 711 and more in the united states and uk is being sold in in pharmacies and uh, you know grocery stores uh, CBDE products so then the, the consumers or the people in, in the country have to understand what's the difference. And this can be done uh, on a higher level. That means the government itself can determine which products goes where. Uh, you know, as an organisation and as an individual, I feel that advocating for the use is definitely uh, the right step forward, but with the right information and the right regulations and understanding of how to use it.
1: Thank you, Mr. Harish. So, in my opinion, I think that the temp care from school is uh, literally important. And also, the education also played a crucial role here. So, I do agree with Mr. Harish. So, moving forward, can we know more about the special condition who used the medical marijuana?
2: Okay, um, you know, as I said earlier, regulations can be placed and the levels of TAC can be monitored. So, when you say special conditions, I feel that uh, you know the special conditions uh, that is written in the bill. There's a lot of bill that you can be referred to, like the Philippines cannabis uh, bill uh, prepared by PCCS or the uh, Cannabis Compassionate Society of Philippines. Uh, you know, you people can Google that and and read about it. You know, what type of uh, special conditions they have written in the bill uh, and proposed to the government. So that that is something similar that we can also uh, you know follow. So. One of this uh, one special condition I would like to mention just very quick is that uh, you know high TAC products, products that contain more than 30% of TAC or more than 20% of TAC, which is too high for the society to use uh, on a daily basis. I mean if people are going going to work or anything like that, uh, and they take uh, high levels of TAC, uh, it will it will definitely affect yeah, productivity in, in, in work at work. So. Uh, this product should be monitored and only sold at hospitals for patients. You know, so like for example, cancer patients. Cancer patients, uh, like in Slovenia, I met uh, Mark Emery from Canada who traveled all over the world studying about cannabis products and medicine. So he, when he was in Slovenia, he met a doctor uh, who was treating patients with cannabis products, suppositories. So suppositories, which goes up uh, your anal, is is the best way to deliver TAC uh, into the body, uh, as especially for cancer patients, because uh, you know the walls in the anal is, is much more effective for absorbing the, the compound. So, yeah, uh, and there are very high levels of TAC which should definitely be uh, you know administered as in that manner as a, as a medicine in hospital. So, that would be a special condition uh, for high level TAC products. I'd like to mention
1: here. Yeah. All right, thank you, Mr. Harish. So I do mention that uh, I do notice that high TSC product should be monitored. It's like the other medicine. So I hope uh, if medical marijuana will be legalized in Malaysia, so government perhaps can give uh, like prescription to those uh, cancer patients so that they can take high TSC product with the only prescription. Yeah. Hmm. So going forward, Mister Arish, do you have any recommended implication? Strategies to help minimizing the potential repercussions.
2: Okay, uh, when we talk about repercussions, we might be talking about uh, addict addiction and also uh, the backlash from the society or you know acceptance from the society. So, one thing I have to make clear here is that cannabis is is not addictive as any other drug or anything. In fact, there's many research that prove that cannabis is less addictive than caffeine, which is coffee, what we drink every day. So uh, you know, there's no withdrawal effect. If you meet someone who uses cannabis, uh, only less than 9% of the, the population who uses cannabis, less than 9% would have, uh, you know, will be would be addicted to cannabis, which will have some kind of a withdrawal effect. But naturally itself, there's no withdrawal effect. Uh, from using cannabis. In fact, people can stop using cannabis almost immediately without having any any problems. So, um, you know, that's something that we have to understand and when you allow, uh, you know, the government regulates the levels of THC or the products that's being sold to the public, I think that that would definitely help to avoid any uh, negative repercussions from, from people who use it or addicts. Another thing is, uh, of course, the uh, reaction of the society of acceptance of, uh, you know, allowing something that was originally called a drug uh, to be used in the country. I mean, the number one way to avoid this repercussion is to do education. So that's what MASA itself is doing from day one. We are focused on research and education. So all we do is promote education, I mean, share share informative uh, topics from all over the world, uh, research. Uh, papers and everything so that the people the public and, and we try to do it in pm we try to do it in Barcelonalasia because uh, you know the majority of our population is speaking in bar Malaysia so we're trying to address that 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 population there um and yeah i think that that is the best way to avoid any repercussions is through education and research
0: so thank you very much for the explanation mr Harish. Um when mm-hmm. it comes to medical mariana that's lot of myths and misconceptions out there probably because this is a product that has been kept in the dark for quite a long time so people often wonder whether it will cause that or whether it will cause addiction what do you think the public should know about this issue
2: okay um previously i I, you know when we were going to be talking about the uh, implementation implementation strategy sorry you know, I was thinking about Uruguay. Uruguay is a country which allowed cannabis use. Uh, the previous president, Jose Mujica, was uh, was the person who allowed cannabis use uh, on all levels. You know, uh, houses were able to plant cannabis. Uh, the price of cannabis in Uruguay is the cheapest in the whole world right now, and it's made uh, available for everyone. Everyone who uh, is adult and is above. The age of 18 is able to purchase cannabis products, and you know there's so many dispensaries and there's so many places where they can get it from. So uh, I think Uruguay is a is a great uh, country to look at because you know right now, as, as it's legal as we're speaking right now, we can see what uh, the changes has done to the country, and it's nothing, and it's actually uh, you know generated more income for the more income for the country. The economy is getting better. Uh, the society does not show any negative reaction. Uh, you know, people are still living happily, people are still living normal lives, and this is something that you know, Malaysians and everyone can observe. It's not something that is uh, hidden from the world, it is right there and for everyone to look at. So, people can start Googling or start, you know, even travel once the MCO is lifted, but we got no idea when it's that happening. So, you know, people have to be more open minded to accepting things that are new. So, uh, as you're saying. You know what what the public should know whether it could whether it could uh, cause death or addiction. As I know, I explained earlier, there's zero deaths caused caused by cannabis, and addiction itself is uh, less addictive than caffeine. So if people are afraid of drinking coffee, then they might as well be afraid of taking cannabis as well. But you know, there shouldn't be you know a negative stigma in your head already before you you understand. Uh, cannabis today. I mean people have to have an open mind. That's the only way uh, you know they can accept and understand that cannabis itself is uh, actually safe and was was misinterpreted in the past uh, due to political reasons. So one of the major reasons why cannabis was made illegal was due because of political reasons uh, and uh, you know agenda because of Harry Enslinger who was the uh, president or I mean the head of the NDA, National Drug Agency in in the U.S. in nineteen thirty seven. So all of this information should be made known to the public, you know, so that they do not have the fear or stigma uh, from using cannabis. And uh, moving forward from there, I'm sure I'm sure they would be able to, uh, you know, accept it even more better.
0: Yeah, so I agree with Mr. Harish. Having an open mind would allow us to like see things as it is without having any. Prior misconception or stigma towards the issue. Um, do you think it can be a opioid alternative, Mister Harish.
2: Okay, uh, opioid addicts. If we look uh, in the prison statistics today, uh, there's over uh, there's about sixty five thousand inmates in our prisons today, and over fifty six percent are all drug addicts. Uh, so fifty six percent over thirty six over thirty thousand people in the jail, thirty three thousand people in the jail is just. Um, you know, caught because they were using drugs, and we are filling up our prisons. Our prison, by the way, is supposed to hold around uh, forty five thousand inmates only. So our prisons are overpopulated, okay We have uh, overpopulated our prison by over twenty thousand people. so uh, you know this is unnecessary if you ask and uh, of of course, the statistic shows that eighty over eighty five percent of all drug addicts are opioid opioid users, not cannabis users, cannabis. Uh, people who were caught in jail are just four percent so uh, you know opioid users why they use opioid is because they would like to uh, you know uh, forget about your pain either emotional pain or physical pain or you know it's just some kind of uh, exit uh, from reality you know they just want to leave reality and just be in their own uh, world so Opioid users itself, uh, using opioid is very very uh, detrimental to the health. I mean there was this uh, in China during the uh, the opium, uh, opium was made uh, largely available in China. A lot of people were uh, badly affected. you know people lose their lives and, and, and things like that. So opioid itself is not uh, especially the compounds when you when you isolate the compounds and make different types of product like heroin and everything, it's very dangerous. So cannabis is a natural, uh, is a plant that naturally reacts with the body through the endocannabinoid system. And although it's slightly different than opioids, because opioids would directly uh, address your brain uh, uh, neurotransmitters and everything that affects in, uh, the effects in your brain, cannabis itself naturally reacts with the endocannabinoid system and regulates the homeostasis of all these uh, uh, chemicals and uh, you know through the ANS and, and endocrine system. Uh, similar to that, it regulates the functions of the body. So, And the great thing is THC is able to help with pain management. It, it helps you to forget about pain um, and it's, it's, it's a natural way of forgetting about pain. And it also causes a euphoric feeling which is something that most opioid users uh, or addicts are looking for. Uh, they're looking for an outlet to feel better. So cannabis itself offers that but in a more natural and safe and healthy way. So yes i feel very confident that cannabis can be an alternative for opioid and in fact uh, thousands of lives uh, can be saved from from using cannabis instead of opioids
0: okay i see so um in terms of the relationship between marijuana and uh, earlier you mentioned that there are several evidence about using this for Certain type of cancer. Is there any relationship between um, marijuana and epilepsy or seizure?
2: Okay. Yes. Uh, in 2000, in 2012, uh, the reason why the United States really look into legalizing cannabis all over the all all over all the states in the United States. Today, there's over uh, 47 47 states which have legalized cannabis. So it's a bit more uh, towards the whole country. So. How did they end up being there? It was because there was documentaries made uh, by uh, you know many many people. I mean the, the public themselves, the parents, the children who are using cannabis who got better. They started documenting everything. So all of those videos, including this is the same thing that happened in Thailand. Thailand, I met a mother who was uh, who had a child with Travis syndrome, similar to uh, the documentary made by CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta in 2012 uh he made a documentary which showed uh, charlotte Figgy, a girl that was treated by cannabis which is high in cannabidiol so it's very low in It does not get you intoxicated at all and it's safe for children to consume so she consumed that and she had about 200 seizures a day Travel syndrome is a very uh, severe form of epilepsy and you know she had over 200 seizures a day but when she started consuming cbd that that went down all the way to one seizure a week. So the effects of cannabis uh, for epilepsy is definitely there. I mean, the, the, I mean, the evidence that it is, um, how to say, effective is definitely there. And we've seen it personally with our own eyes. Like, uh, you know, the time when I went to Thailand in 2015, as I said, the mothers, uh, the parents who were there were, were, were crying and asking for uh, cannabis products even though it was illegal in Thailand. And because their children were, had Dravet uh, syndrome, similar to Charlotte figgy. They were having over 200 seizures a day, and you know, it's, it's a painful sight to see as a parent So what they did was they bought the cannabis product illegally from the United States and started, uh, you know treating their children with the cannabis product with this high in cannabidiol or CBD and immediately they saw uh, you know, the children, their children got better almost immediately and they were able to live normal lives. Uh, you know, they were able to uh, read books, they were able to speak to other people and everything. Uh, and this is this is an amazing step uh, of difference compared to the hospital medication that was given to the children previously. You know, most of the hospital medication is just to uh, subdue the, the effects of the, the seizures, but it did not help to reduce it. It did not help to, uh, the children to get better or, or you know improve their health. It does not help in any of those manners. So cannabis itself uh, for epilepsy is definitely a great uh, you know alternative medicine that can definitely work uh, and I think Malaysia should look into
0: that.
1: All right, thank you Mr. Harris. So I think we have covered quite a lot of things today. We have discussed the medical mar- marijuana, the current legal standing, controversies surrounding the issue, some common misconception, as well as ways to go about it moving forward. So before we end the session, Mr. Harish, is there any take-home messages you would like to deliver for our audience?
2: Ah uh, yes. Yeah. So all right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, thank you uh, for having me on this show. Hanusha and Jia-Sang, um, yeah, I would like to shout out to everybody, you know, please have an open mind, uh, please try to uh, understand cannabis in a more uh, open, st- uh, open mind state, you know, and visit us on Massa Society, uh, you know, we have a Facebook page, we have a website and we are on Instagram, so, you know, follow us and, you know, keep keep up to date to the latest news about cannabis.
0: Thank you, Mr. Harish. So with this, on behalf of the MMI Podcast team and our organisation, Malaysian Medics International, we would like to take this opportunity to thank Mr. Harish for sharing his knowledge and valuable insight on medical marijuana.
1: To all our audience, thank you for tuning in today. And don't forget to rate and follow our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, comments or feedback, Feel free to approach us through our Facebook page at Malaysian Medics International, MMI Malaysia. Also, don't forget to check out the previous episodes and stay tuned for our next podcast series. Thank you.